Hi guys. <laughs> Getting ready after lunch, settling back down. Look, the guys at uh, MAD just asked me if I could talk to you about something that inspires me. Just talk shortly for 10 minutes um, about something that really gets my juices going. Um, as, um, as a chef, I've been cooking since I was 16 years old. And, uh, and I feel incredibly lucky um, that this industry, if you really apply yourself, you can never stop learning. Um, something happened about 10 years ago, and it really fundamentally changed the way I approached my food and my cuisine. And it was a simple thing, really, when I look back at it. Um, it was to plant a garden. For the first time ever, I, I actually found myself living in a house with a big enough backyard to, to, to do that. And um, this incredible thing happened when I started growing vegetables for the first time. It, it, it immensely affected the way I started feeling about food. And just observing nature and just how incredible it is that you can plant a little seed and this little seed will produce incredible food. And that plant will then in turn produce more seeds to keep this cycle going. And it is a simple thought, but you know, as a chef, um, it made me so much more connected um, to the products I was using. And I soon realized just how much diversity um, was out there and how little we actually get to see in the marketplace. And I mean, I think you have to remember at the time, 10 years ago, um, the only color carrot you could buy at the Sydney markets was an orange one. And I, I through my suppliers, tried to approach a couple of big growers and, you know, I mean, their responses were things like, well, what do you mean, coloured carrots? Carrots are orange, mate. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, and just little things like that. And wanting to, um, you know, you realise when you start growing your own vegetables, how many aspects of the plant you can actually use. There's the seed pods and the shoots and the flowers. And, and trying to convince a grower to actually grow pea flowers for you or pick pea flowers. And I remember having a conversation about that, and you know, the, a lot of farmers were like, look, I plant a field of peas. When they're ready, I pick them and I take them to market. I'm not going out every fucking morning picking flowers for you. <laughs> you know, and you know, fair enough. But you know, I, I, I just thought, well, shit, there's got, to, there's got to be some way of doing this. So I realised, you know, and I'm certainly not the first chef to ever plant a garden or work really closely with, with suppliers. But what I did realise was how much potential was there. And um, like a lot of chefs, you want to work with a large palette. You don't want it to be too restricted. So I went on um, a bit of a campaign to try and find someone to grow some stuff. And I eventually found this couple, an English guy and a Finnish lady, who moved up to the Blue Mountains. And uh, they were growing berries. And I got introduced to them because they had these great berries. And I asked them, because I went up there to visit them, I asked them, would you consider growing some vegetables for me? And uh, they had a nice big field they weren't using, and, and they did. And, uh, you know, it was a very sort of long and slow process at the beginning. We just started off with a couple simple things. And then I think they realised, and I realised, the potential to make this a lot bigger. And um, 
it came up that they really needed some infrastructure and um, they'd spent all their money on their move buying this farm in the Blue Mountains and they really needed some cash to buy a small tractor to get some watering systems, to get a couple of greenhouses to grow the seedlings. I remember fondly going up to Leon, who owns Key. Um, I said, look, I've got these couple of farmers. They're really good, they're really passionate, um, and we want to make this thing bigger. Um, they're going to need about 50 or 60 grand to buy a few things. Um, but the catch is um, they want to pay it back in vegetables. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Leon's a pretty, you know, full-on businessman, and uh, he, can, he considered it for a little while, and the answer came back, Yes, that sounds like a great idea. And so we were actually able to get this project started 10 years ago and get incredible produce. And the first couple of years, it was sort of an exclusive relationship. And yes, they did. They paid off all of that 60 grand and more uh, in vegetables um, through selling us to the restaurant. And, uh, and what, was, what was so fantastic about that was um, we also, they only paid off half the money in, in vegetables and half the money they got in cash that there was turnover. So it took a couple of years to, to really get going. And I just remember thinking what incredible support it was um, from uh, Leon to actually, you know, really finance this dream of having better um, ingredients to work with. And after a couple of years, we opened up the farm. So they started supplying another 10, 10 or 12 restaurants in Sydney uh, with really great produce as well. Um, since then, um, I've, um, you know, since that original garden, I've moved house and I've got a bigger garden and I've actually got what I call my test garden now. So I've got a, I've got a backyard with um, four 10 metre long beds where I can each season grow different varieties of vegetables and see what I might want to get some of my farmers. Because we actually work with quite a few farmers now. Um, uh, Richard and Nina moved on, um, but there's another young couple up there that have taken over, uh, Hayden and Erica. We also work with Tim and Liz Johnson from Johnson Farm, and we started off with a similar arrangement with them. And um, what I wanted to do, I'm supposed to have a clicker here, but I don't seem to have one. Um, anyway, hopefully the guys up there can show you a few photographs. I'm just going to show you some of the stuff I've grown this year. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is my home garden. This is what I call my test garden. Um, I um, built these uh, beds out of railway sleepers and um, put in a simple watering system. And this is where I grow all uh, my test veg that then gets grown on a much bigger scale by the farmers for the restaurants. Um, so just to go through this, um, just a few images of my garden at home. And, um, and I, this is what I do on my weekends, by the way. Uh, very exciting, uh, but I do love it. Uh, Okay, so this is going to be some of the, the produce. Um, this is a really rare uh, type of bean that I grew this year. Unfortunately, it didn't taste very good. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to be using this one. Um, now, this is, this is really great. This is, a, this is a, a squash. It's called a silver seed squash. And when you break it open, you get these amazing squash seeds. It's not actually a pumpkin. It's, it's in the squash family. And these squash seeds, when they're young, are really, really soft and really delicious. Um, so they actually hit the menu this year. Um, but there's, look, there's a lot of trial and error. Um, so Tim grew about 
uh, three different plantings of this, so we could have had them over the whole summer. The first two plantings didn't work because of rain, and we only just recently got our third planting, which actually worked. So they've just been on the menu for the last couple of weeks. Um, now, this is a variegated amaranth. Uh, it looks like pretty wild marijuana, but um, it's... Um, it's actually an incredible leaf. Uh, in amaranth, the same family of the seed, the leaves are edible and, um, and they're really beautiful. So you can see the variegation in that. So what we do with those, they're on a dish over at Key at the moment, a lobster dish. Um, and we actually um, dehydrate these leaves and then we fry them and they become incredibly crisp and they look like autumn leaves. Um, uh, this is an Italian variety uh, of yellow cauliflower that I grew um, last year and, and Tim grew uh, this year for me. Um, uh, th this is just a variety of different um, radicchios and uh, endives and, and some more purple and green cauliflower. Um, this is a uh, cardoon, but the thing with this cardoon, when it matures, um, it's actually a red variety, which is pretty rare and unusual. Um, and that's something I'll probably hopefully use this winter. Um, these melons are originally from um, India, um, and they're incredibly beautiful and sweet. I grew them in my backyard this year for the first time. Um, and the germination rate was pretty good, so it's probably something we will uh, grow next, next, next summer. Um, so I grew sunflower seeds, because I thought it'd be really neat to see what fresh sunflower seeds are like. Um, and they're actually really delicious, but incredibly uh, labour-intensive, as you can imagine, to pick them out of the sunflower head, but we'll probably do it. That's what apprentices are for. <laughs> <laughs> these, uh, these are some really beautiful um, beans. These are um, dragon tongue beans. Uh, again, really nice discovery this year. Um, this is not genetically engineered. This is heirloom corn. Uh, and a variety that almost disappeared, and one family in the United States saved this variety, and I grew it this year for the first time. It is incredibly beautiful. Unfortunately, it's, um, it is a hard variety of corn, so it's not a sweet corn, but I'm going to be um, drying these out. We only actually got finished harvesting these last week, and, um, and I'll probably try a planter or a, um, a flower of some sort out of this. Uh, and unfortunately, probably won't get that beautiful colour, but what a fantastic thing to do to present this to the guests and then say, then this is where your planter came from. So that's the idea beyond that corn. Um, peanuts I grew for the first time this year, and this is a really rare variety. Uh, again, um, South um, Central American origin, and that's how they come out. Really beautiful, pinstriped uh, peanuts. Now that's the fresh form, and when they're dried, um, that red still remains, so it's quite, it's quite cool. Um, of course, um, from this test garden, I actually take it to the real gardens, the, the, the gardeners that grow for key and for Benelong. Um, and I think um, this is Tim Johnson, Johnson's Farm. And I don't think a lot of people, even chefs sometimes, well, I certainly didn't before I started growing, how much land you actually need to grow a crop for a restaurant, you know? I mean, the idea of having a little garden out the back of your restaurant it's good, but the reality is you need quite a lot of land to actually make it real. Um, and this is auric, it's green auric, um, and it um, is a form of spinach, it's often called mountain spinach, something I grew for the first time maybe four years ago. It's really beautiful, I use this instead of spinach all the time now, and as you can see, we grow a lot of it. Um, 
and that's more of Tim's farm. Tim's got a second farm now. This is called Gretchen's, um, and it's uh, a farm that's probably 10 minutes away from his uh, in the Richmond area. Um, this is Hayden and Erica. They took over the Blue Mountains farm from Richard and Nina, and beautiful farm, totally organic. And next time you think about the price of organic vegetables, have a look at this, because that's why they cost so much. That's a weeding party, if you can believe it, uh, which they do once a week with their friends. Um, that's it, guys. I just um, wanted to show you a little bit about what we do and something that I'm passionate about. Um, now I get, to introduce into, I get to introduce the incredible Massimo, and he is going to show you a short film first. Um, what a passionate man. Please welcome him and his film. <laughs> 